So this morning, we are going to be, in, in, in honor of our family fun day that we're doing today, we're doing a tailgate, a, a fun day after church, eating and fellowshipping and having games for the kids, and that's all going to be fun and great, uh, but God wants to do something even more this morning, and so, but in honor of that, we're going to do a fun little standalone message titled, Get in the Game. Say that with me, Get in the Game. Get in the game, and so we're, we all dressed up, and a lot of y'all are wearing your favorite uh, team colors, and so thank you for doing that. And so before we get started, uh, I just want to say this message is going to be a message about challenging us, inspiring us to get off the sidelines, so to speak, spiritually, and get in the game, get involved with the kingdom of God, and get on the team, the, the, the team that God has for us, God's team. Amen. And before we get started, I thought something would be cool to do some, something a little fun and different. And so do we got any Auburn people dressed up in the house? Just one hand, two hands? Well, uh, I wanted to do something. So Miss Brittany, y'all go ahead and cue this. Y'all might know this song. Yeah, is that the, the Auburn fight? Y'all, y'all feel free to. <laughs> Jonathan says that uh, we'll be hearing that in a couple weeks when we play. Amen. Thank you, Miss Brittany. We obviously couldn't play every single fight song for every single team. I see a lot of pro jerseys, a lot of, uh, I see a Kentucky fan over there, Mr. Shondor. Uh, let's go ahead and play that now. We've got Alabama fans in the house. Yeah, stand up if you're loud and proud, Alabama fans. Y'all know this one, maybe? Goes a little something. Yeah! Roll Tide, right? Amen. <laughs> That's good, Miss Brittany. Amen. The best fight song known to man, right? Written by Nick Saban himself. Not really. But uh, it's all fun and games. I got one more song I want to play. You got it queued up, Miss Brittany. I want everyone to stand to their feet because it doesn't matter what team you root for. It all matters about the kingdom of God and the team that we're a part of. Any Jesus fans in the house? Amen, let's hear it. God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's literally inside, rolling like a lion. Like I'm supposed to skip, but. <laughs> oh. All right, that's good. Y'all may take your seats. That maybe didn't go over as well as I planned in my head. Amen, but it's all about the fun and, and the spirit of being fans of things in life, right? We are fans of all sorts of things. And so I want to really challenge our thinking this morning. It's okay to be a, a Jesus fan. Let's look at that first point. But maybe you didn't think of it like this. You know, God doesn't want us just to be fans. He doesn't want just Jesus fans. That just show up on Sunday and praise Jesus and then they go and live like the devil the rest of the week, right? God actually wants followers. And followers, they're a part of the game. They get in the game. They get dirty. They do all the, the hard things that God asks them to do, right? That first point, it says Christianity is not about being a fan. It's about being a follower of Jesus. God is calling us out of the stands and into the playing field. It's time for us, you and me, to get in the game. Did you ever think of it that way? Did you ever notice that fans, they, they, 
that make the game funner to go to. But at the end of the day, it's the players that have the final say. The fans can. They're important. They, they can have a slight impact on the game. But it's only at the end of the day, it's the players that put in all the time. It's the players that are out there playing the game, the blood, the sweat, the tears. They're the ones that have the bragging rights at the end of the day. Fans are really irrelevant. No matter what happens when Alabama plays Auburn in a couple weeks, you can shout at your TV, you can get into it. I hope you ain't cussing at your TV. You can stomp and holler and yell, yell as loud as you want, but at the end of the day, Nick Saban's going to call the play. Bryce Young is going to run the play, or Bo Nix is going to run the play that their new coach, Brian Arson, calls. And they are the ones that impact the game. So church, God does not want fans. Because if you're just a fan of Jesus... You don't impact the world around you. He wants followers. He wants to use you because followers, they affect the kingdom of God. They affect the kingdom. And they get in the game. The thing that keeps us on the sidelines is our doubt and is our fears. And we're going to talk about that today. God calling us out of those places by faith to, to move from the stands, from the pews, from the chairs... And say, you know what? I'm going to trust you, God. I know I have gifts that you've given me. I know you've given me words. You've given me talents. And no, no task is too big. No task is too scary. I'm not in this alone. And I'm going to get in the game. Because Liberty Church, hear me, has a jersey with your name on it. I promise you. God has a jersey with your name on it. He wants you off the bench. And he wants to get you in the game. Look at Matthew 9.9. 9. Read a couple scriptures here. This is when Jesus come upon Matthew, right? And he says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, "What did he say? Follow me. Follow me." Jesus said. So Matthew, it says, he arose. Somebody say arose, and followed him. I want to stop there for a moment. In that moment, Matthew had a choice. Talking about getting in the game today. Matthew literally had a choice upon the commandment, the invitation that Jesus said to him. Matthew could have stayed a fan. He could have stayed in the stands. He could have stayed on the bench. He could have stayed in his seat. He didn't, did he? He got up, and he got in the game. And just imagine all the things that Matthew would have missed if he'd have stayed. So what I want to ask you is today, if you are spiritually in this place of sitting on the bench, rooting for God from afar, what supernatural things are you missing out in your life every single day because you're telling God no, not now, 
because when we tell God or give God our excuses, when we do that, do you see that we're not really following Christ? Right? And to be, to move from a fan to a follower, you gotta arise. You gotta get up. You gotta get in the game. You gotta say yes to God. You gotta believe that God is doing amazing things. Right? And Matthew saw and recognized, and we have a whole gospel just because of his account. Because in that moment, he said, Yes, God. Because he said, Yes, God. Look at John 8 12. Another, another theme, the same theme in this scripture. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, it says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So church, we can't properly live for Jesus if we're not by faith following him. We can't properly be in right relationship with God if we remain sitting on the sidelines. Because when you move from the sidelines to getting in the game, what happens? You begin to own the kingdom of God. You begin to put in yourself into what God has poured into you. It's a cycle, right? God pours in so that we could be poured out. He pours in so that I could be poured out. And that's what these college players, these These NFL players, they get paid pretty good, but that's what their life is every day. They are are training, they are getting ready, they are are getting filled, they're they're doing things physically to prepare for the game, and then they pour themselves out, hopefully all that they have every Saturday or Sunday. The thing is for you and for me, it's every single day I want to be giving God my best. I want to give God my faith. I want to give God my expectations and my beliefs. And that's how I I start by by getting in the game, right? We must be actively engaged and submitted by the leadership of the Holy Spirit to move from the bench, move from the stands as a fan to becoming a follower of Christ. Look at that next point. It's really a question. So if you say, I hope and pray that you're being inspired, if you're not already in the game, if you're not already a part of a ministry here at Liberty Church, that maybe you're sitting there being challenged and inspired, and you say, Pastor Ian, okay, so what do I have to do for move from the stands, from the bench, from the sidelines, to getting in the game? And I just simply want to tell you, it's as simple as being armed with a yes. I feel like I say that a lot. But it's as simple as being armed with a yes, wanting the best for your life that God has for you. Do y'all remember a statement that Isaiah the prophet said? He said, send me, Lord. I'll go. That's how we're armed with a yes. Send me, God. I don't know how the the task is going to get done. I don't know the people that you're going to send to help me get that task done, Lord. But I'm armed with a yes, send me, God, because I'm capable, I'm willing, I'm ready. And Holy Spirit, you're my teacher, so the things that I, I maybe actually don't have, it, you know, you can have everything that you say. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It really starts with our thinking. You can have everything that you need to accomplish that task by the helper of the Holy Spirit. In a moment, he can help you and lead you and guide you to do the things 
that the Lord is asking us to do for His church. The thing I want you to see is, moving from the stands, from the sidelines, to getting in the game, is you have to see the value that God places on you. I'm telling you that God wants you to get in the game. I know He does. And I know He does because He wants your presence in the game. Because He's done something in you. And the game's going to change just by your presence being a part of the game. Bo Nix's presence in the game changes the game that he plays a part of. Right? You fill in the blank. Michael Jordan's presence on the basketball court changed any game that he ever played in because he was that good. And God's saying, I want you to get in the game because I've placed things inside of you. There are things that you can do. You can, you can come against the enemy because God, I brought you from some places, some things, some victories I want to be had. They're going to start in and through you. Your family's going to be blessed because of you. And so God wants you to, in, to be in the game because he wants your presence to be in the game. God wants you. Y'all remember the old uh, them signs they did back in the day, the, the um, for the military, the guy with the top hat, the America guy, he said, I want you, right? So Uncle Sam, thank you, Kevin. You're tracking with me. That's kind of like God. He's saying, I want you. Hey, y'all remember going back to grade school, gym class? You ever play dodgeball or kickball? Am I the only one? I'm not that old, right? There we go. There's some hands. <laughs> right? And then they usually have captains, and they start picking people. Right? God is, you're the first one he's picking. You're the first one that he's picking. He says, I want you. I want you on my team. I want you at Liberty Church. I want to use you because I, I love you. I want to do big things through you. Amen. The Lord showed me that a lot of Christians, not all, but maybe a lot of Christians Nowadays, in this modern times, we got church online. We, we do that, and it's great. There's nothing like physically coming to church. But the Lord showed me, I feel like a lot of the modern-day church nowadays looks at the church a lot like a stadium on a Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon where you just show up to a game as a fan there's a presentation, you get into it, you hoot and holler. I hope and pray that Pastor Keith or myself preaches a fire message. And I want your excitement. I want you to be excited to come to church. But see, after the game, then you just every, all the fans go home. And nothing really happens. Nothing really changes. I hope, I, I hope and pray that the modern church can, can, can come out of this. I, I'm not saying Holly Pond is this way. But I don't want you to just come to church on Sunday thinking of it as like a stadium where you are removed from this stage because this church can be something you are a part of, a body of the living, breathing Lord. Right? We're a family. And so you can be a part of that. Right? Because God, he wants, he wants something a lot more than something just being as shallow as showing up to a game, rooting and hollering, and then going home. Right? God wants more for us than that. Look at that next point. The real answer to that question, I kind of gave you a lot of 
little answers, but what we're going to talk about today is using Scripture. For us to come out of the stands and get into the game, we need to come out of the darkness and deal with the fear that keeps us in the stands and out of the game. And at the end of the day, we're our own worst enemy. Excuse me, because if I'm in the stands, I'm kind of in a safe place. I can cheer and I can cheer others on, but at the end of the day, I don't have to be as committed. I can talk myself out of being fully submitted and surrendered, right? But a lot of the things that really keep us stuck is our doubts, is our fears. The things of, the the thoughts of, well, I can't do that the way so-and-so does that. Stop comparing yourself to others, please. And I know all about that. Because, man, Pastor Keith is one of the best pastors, preachers, father-in-law, grandpa that the world has to offer. And when when I surrendered the call to begin preaching, you better believe I had to deal with a lot of these types of thoughts. How are you ever going to be able to do it the way Pastor Keith does it? How are you ever going to fill his shoes? How how are you ever going to do this? Right? How how are you going to accomplish these things? And as long as I thought that way, the enemy won. But something happened in me. I have, God, I got to do Ian. I got to do ministry Ian's the way you've, you've placed it and birthed it inside of me, right? And what happened in that moment? Freedom happened. Right? And so stop comparing yourselves to keep you excused, to staying on the sidelines because you don't think you can measure up to how so-and-so does their ministry or how so-and-so does this or that. You fill in the blank in any type of part of life other than ministry even. Just begin to depend on God and trust God that he's done amazing things in you and he wants you to be you as he made you. And when you do that, God wins, kingdom wins, and you're going to feel joy and peace and freedom like you've never felt when you accomplish that thing. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I can do this. I can do this. Right? And you can do this. Thing is, we can't be afraid of the unknown. God will give you visions. He'll give you goals. He'll give you a process of how to accomplish things. But he's never going to tell you black and white how it's going to go. If he did that, why would we need our faith? You are always going to have to rely on him and on your faith, right? Fear is that thing that keeps us locked in that, well, I just don't know how this is going to go. People might reject me. Maybe I do fail. I have failed a million times over as a pastor. I have. But I never gave up because I see the winds that, I, that, are, that are happening. I fail every single Sunday. There are some Sundays I go home like, man, that message was not how I planned it. I wanted to say this, 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 and this. And the Lord said, guess what? They didn't know what you didn't say. Right? And so, and I I fail behind the scenes all the time. But I have to be focused on what God is doing. Right? Because fear of those failures will keep me locked. They'll keep me stuck. Right? And fear is not from God. Look at that next scripture. 1 John 4 through 18. 
It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. I want you to underline that. Highlight that if you're following along. Fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Fear is not from God because fear torments. Lord, show me fear paralyzes us. If you are paralyzed by fear, you can't have any effect in the game you're a part of. If I, as a pastor, was so locked into fear and, and, and doubt by not being able to live up to Pastor Key's standards or so-and-so standards, and I, I would, it, it will paralyze me. Our church would suffer, you would suffer, I would suffer. These players that we're talking about, that play sports, basketball, football, if they come to a point where they just don't do what God has designed them to be able to do with their athletic ability, they'd be paralyzed. They wouldn't be able to affect the game. They have to, by faith, just buckle it up. Just, that's what I used to say when I played football. At the end of the day, we're going to buckle up our chin straps, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to fight. And we're going to play, and at the end of the day, the scoreboard is going to show who wins. Right? And so that's what we, by faith, have to do every single day. We must overcome the doubt and fear by becoming a willing vessel. You know, by becoming a willing vessel. Look at 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But of power and love and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind overcomes fear. Overcomes those things that try to keep me a fan, try to keep me in the stands, try to keep me on the sidelines from getting in the game. Right? If God be for us, who can be against you if you believe in God? We have nothing to fear if you by faith see it that way. If God be for you, who be against you? You by faith have to cultivate that. You by faith have to stir that up inside of you and something will happen on the inside of you and you'll begin to run and follow God wherever he leads you wherever he leads you you'll begin to say yes God send me God I'll go God I can do this I'll get a team together let's do this right look at that next point so church we really must be joined together you and I you and your neighbor sitting next to you in the pews, you watching online, we have to be joined, somebody say joined, joined together as, a health, as healthy believers, as, as healthy Christians, joined together building the bride of Christ, which is his church, right? We are a team in a body. We are a team at LCHP. We are a body at LCHP. You know what's cool about our church? It goes beyond this community because we have multiple campuses, right? We are still a part of the team in Arab and a part of that body even in Arab. The rest of that point, it says, you know you're in the game when you are connected spiritually, relationally, physically, and financially to the local church. When you're on a team, others have your back. Has anybody ever been a part of a sports team before? Yeah, I would think most of us. What happens when you're on that team? 
a team that grows really close together begins to gel together, like our men's softball team has. Right? We've had some wins. Uh, but being serious, what happens on the best teams? They don't just have each other's backs. They know each other's kids' names. They know their best friends on the teams. They know their birthdays. They celebrate things outside of the game that they're a part of. When community and life merge onto the team, something bigger happens. They become a family. And I know I'm using this, this, this getting in the game as a, as a theme, as a, as a visual for you today. But God wants to not just get you on his team. He doesn't just have a jersey for you. He has a forever family waiting to embrace you. Here at Liberty Church, and he has a heavenly family waiting to embrace you. To say there's a place for you. And he wants us to move from team and family to one body. One body. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today also is is, is one body. We need to be connected to that body and all these things that we just read, spiritually, relationally, physically, financially, all these things connected to that body. Because when you're not connected to the body, you suffer. Did you know that disconnected members of a body die? I think I may have used this before. If I was to lop off my hand, you know, I should have got like a fake Halloween hand for today to illustrate this. I just thought of that. If I was to lop this hand off, or somebody lopped my hand off and chucked it over there in the corner, guess what's going to happen to that hand? It's going to die. What's going to happen to my body? It's going to live, but I'm going to suffer. Ian's body is not going to be able to accomplish the things that I, I could still accomplish some things, but I'm not going to be able to accomplish them at the level that I used to with my other hand. And that hand might live for a little while, but eventually it's going to die and it's going to rot from the inside out. So the illustration I want you to get and see is today, when you disconnect yourself from the body of Christ, you become like my lopped off hand. You suffer because you're not connected to the body that gives you life. And you may live for a while, kicking, screaming, squirming over there in the corner, but eventually you're going to die and you're going to rot from the inside out because you have no spiritual life. And the other thing I want you to get is because you're over there doing your own thing, the body of Christ suffers because it doesn't have its hand. And you play a certain role in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is better when you're a part of his body. Amen? So don't let, don't let Liberty Church Holly Pond suffer. Because I need quarterbacks, I need wide receivers, I need running backs, I need offensive linemen, I need DBs, I need some linebackers, ain't linebackers in the house who are willing to get down and dirty. 
Let me spiritualize this for you. I need pastors. I need teachers. I need preachers. I need kids, children's workers. I need ushers. I need media team members. I need worship team leaders. I can't do it all myself. Hey, and I know a lot of us are already involved in like three or four ministries. And y'all are probably on the inside going, preach, pastor. Send me some help, right? I need some youth team leaders. Right? And because we're over here doing our thing, the kingdom suffers. Who wants to get in the game? Join us. Get in the game. Amen? Look at Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. It says, instead we will speak in truth and love, growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of his body. The head of his body. We are a body of believers, and Christ is the head of that body, the church, right? He makes the whole thing fit together perfectly. Who second guesses or who doubts the wisdom, authority, power of Jesus Christ? Nobody, I hope, right? What he says is final. And so if he's already placed that gift inside of you, why doubt it? Why are you telling him you can't? Because he fits the body perfectly together. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Each part does its own special work. So like I said, some of us, I need positions, I need people with gift, different giftings and aptitudes. Some of us are the arms, some of us are the hands, the fingers, the feet, the toes, the legs. You are a, a special vital role that God has called to do a special vital work in and through. And like I said, I got to go back to not, not doubting your gifts, your talents, and saying, oh, well, so-and-so gets to be like the big right arm, the big, uh, what is this, this muscle, this uh, bicep, right? So-and-so is a big old bicep, and I'm just a pinky toe, right? But that's how we think, right? So-and-so gets to lead worship. And I'm in here in children's ministry. That's how the enemy comes in. Divides and lops you off. Maybe that's not your, your full gifting. Maybe it's just for a season to get you onto worship. That's where your heart is. But if that is your gifting, then own it. Be the best kids pastor, best kids leader that this church has to offer. Right? Do what God's called you to do your best. And that's what I try and do in, 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 in my life as a pastor. I, on Sunday morning, I want to say I'm going to leave it all up here. It may go great. It may go bad. I don't know, but I'm going to give it my best, God. And hopefully they receive something I got to say. Right? And at the end of the day, that's all I can do. At the end of the day, when you're in the game, that's all you can do. Every play, every moment, if it's your best, that's all God asks us to give. Right? Giving our best. Look at 1 John 1, 7. It says, But if we walk in the light and He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Christ and His Son cleanses us from all sin. Talking about the fellowship, being part of the body. If we're part of a body, we have to be in com communication. We have to be in communion. We have to be in fellowship, in relationship with others. Our God is a relational God. Did you know that? 
He wants us to be in right relationship with Him, and He wants us to be in right relationship with our brothers and our sisters. When your body operates to its fullest, it is in complete and awesome put-togetherness, right? When, when, when you're healthy, uh, physically I'm talking about, your body, when it, when it works the way it's supposed to work, you can do amazing things. Some of us need to stop eating as many sweets, right, and get to the gym and drink some more water instead of all those Cokes and the things, right? Those are all symptoms that something's wrong inside of my body because my body's not connected and working together to its fullness. When the church of Christ is not doing that same thing spiritually, it suffers. And so God wants us to be in right relationship, fellowship with one, with one another. As he's in the light, it says, he calls us to be in the light together. He's a relational God. He wants us to be in a relationship, but it goes beyond that, actually. God is a God of covenant. Did you know that? He's a God of covenant. He wants you to be in covenant with the church that you belong to. And I can stand up here and say that I know this church is in covenant with its body of believers. This church opened its arms to me before I ever did anything good. Y'all have heard my story. Liberty Church was in covenant with Ian when he was still a sinner, when I was still addicted, when I was still lost in the darkness. Because it was in covenant with Christ that said, we'll love you where you are to get you to a better place. And so I can promise you, Liberty Church Holly Pond, LCHP is in covenant with you. So why don't you come become covenant with us? You can depend on us. Let us depend on you for some things. Because I know that we, God can do amazing things through you. And I got your back. Do you got our back? Do you got our back? Because we got yours. I want to be in covenant with you. Amen? Because God is a God of covenant. So that, that next question, the next point. The connection question. And we've kind of gotten away from this, but this used to be a, a term that we would pass around very casual. To know if you were in the game or not here at Liberty Church. And so this is, this is the question you need to be asking uh, your leaders if you have a ministry team. So what group are you on and what team, excuse me, what group are you in and what team are you on? We're a small group church. We want everybody to go to a small group throughout the week because we don't have Wednesday night service, right? A lot of churches do midweek service. We don't. So that small group is really your small, your midweek touch, Right? To, get, to, to gather with other believers that are coming to church and, and to fellowship and to break bread together, do a lesson, open up the Word of God together, do life together. It's that midweek touch uh, to, to get you to Sunday. Right? And so what group are you in? If you're not in a small group, come see me. I'll get you hooked up. It's going to only help you spiritually grow more. Second part of that question is what team are you on? Are you committed to one of our seven pillar ministry teams? Our usher team, our kids team, our youth team, our worship team, worship slash media team, our evangelism team, our, 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 our grow track, our, our small track, all these things. So what group are you in and what team are you on? If you can't answer yes or a, a destination to either of those, you're, you're either partially in the game, you're not in the game at all, or you're fully engaged if you're on both of those. 
then you are fully engaged if you are in a group and on a team. So are you rightly connected to LCHP? What small group are you in? What ministry team are you on? Are you only coming on Sundays? If you're only coming on Sundays, you might be lumped into that group of folks, like I said, that maybe view church a lot like as a stadium. Where you come on Sunday and you, you cheer and you give some amens and you feel good, but you're not fully engaged. You're not in the game. And are you giving? Are you tithing to the local church that you belong to? I was talking with Pastor Keith earlier this week, and he shared a statement with me, and I was like blown away. On average, most churches, 20% of the congregation pays 100% of the church's bills. Somebody go, ah. That's crazy. 20% of, on average, of of a congregation of a church pays 100% of the bills for that church. And so, I haven't officially stopped and looked at where we're at. I think we're ahead of that curve because we got some awesome people. But I just want to challenge you. If you're not tithing, the Word of God says the tithe, the 10%, God calls back into His storehouse. The whole 100% is his. He's so good, he only asks you to bring in 10% of what you make, that you're blessed by him. He could say, bring all of it to me, because he's worthy of all of it. But he says, just bring the 10%, and my church will flourish. Right? And so if you're not doing that by faith, not only are you missing out on the biggest blessing of your spiritual life, because when I began to start tithing by faith, my life literally changed. God turned my life upside down. We began to get... So blessed by just amazing things. And it's not about the manifestation of the physical blessings is why we give. I'm just saying you're missing out on that. The other side of that, the the biggest part is you're not buying into the kingdom of God. You're not buying into the church that you say you belong to. You're not owning your home, your spiritual home. Think of the home you live in physically. And you just decided not to start paying your bills. What's going to happen? You're going to find yourself out on the curb somewhere, right? And so why would, why would we look at God's house any different? And it's even more important because when you by faith tithe, when you by faith give, you're actually storing up treasures in heaven to await you when you get there one day. So if I don't by faith give to God, it's like me not by uh, every week putting away a certain percentage of my savings in my savings account. If I don't put anything in my savings account and something happens, what happens? I'm in trouble, right? Because I didn't plan and I didn't prepare. So maybe some of us, we, live, we love Jesus, we do all these things, we never faithfully give and tithe. And when I, when I die one day, and I, I can probably still get into heaven, but I have not invested in the kingdom of God, I have nothing waiting for me in my heavenly home. Someone's going to have some mansions, Right? And so what are you by faith giving week in and week out? The minimum, the minimum is 10% to be right with God according to his word. Amen. Look at Matthew 5, 20, or excuse me, 6, 20 through 21. It says, store up your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. 
Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So where are you storing your treasures? What types of things are you chasing? What's important to you? Are you doing anything for the kingdom of God that has eternal value? Your giving answers all those questions. When I give by faith, it shows what's important to me. I value the kingdom of God more than I value eating out six times a week. See, some of y'all say, I can't afford to give God 10%. If you looked at how much you spend going out to eat all week, it'd probably be more than 10% of your check. If you could maybe quit smoking, stop drinking all those Cokes, find all the stuff I think I think I need that I really don't need. And God's like, see, you can give to me. You just placed a higher importance on these things than you have on me. Where his treasure is, that his heart will also be. So if you love God, don't shortchange him. Don't shortchange what's waiting for you in heaven because you can't by faith give. If you, if you come to a place that says, you know what, I just can't afford to give to God, you will never come to a place where you can afford to give to God because it's always going to take faith. Since we've been faithful giver and tithers, we've never not paid a bill. We've had things happen. We've had uh, air units break down, cars break down. We've never went without. God's always provided. It's that fear again that keeps us and the doubt that keeps us on the sideline from getting in to the game. Amen. That last point. We must, church, use our gifts and talents to work together. God wants to join his body together. Different people coming together with different gifts, coming together to make the body healthier and, and, and greater and stronger. We must work together. You Only you know you're in the game when other people are counting on you to show up. Are people counting on you here at Liberty Church? What would happen if I just didn't show up one Sunday? I know God would provide. Somebody would come up here by faith and preach. But what would y'all probably say or think about a pastor that did something like that? Because a pastor has responsibility, right? But I, wanna, I want to share some of that responsibility with you. Because when you're in the game, when you're on a team, people are counting on you. They're depending on you to show up. Right? They're depending on you. Your gifts and talents are unique to you. And the kingdom of God can be blessed because of the things that you bring to that table. The things that you can bring to that team. So are others on this team depending on you? If so, you're probably in the game. If not, what are you waiting for? I promise you, there's a jersey with your name on it, amen? 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. God has given each of you a gift. From his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. 
then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. If you do your best in his name, he'll provide. If you do your best in his name, amazing signs, miracles, and wonders will happen in your life. I promise the world will will be better because of what you're doing for him. This church will be better because of what you're doing for him, right? Last thing I want to close this with, I got to thank, I've already said it, I'm going to say it one more time. There's a place for you in this church. There's a place for you on our team. Amen? So let's get in the game and let's play together. Who wants to chin up their chin traps with me? Strap it on, right? Let's strap it on. Let's, that, that, that's, let's conquer, let's slay some demons. I love the community that we're a part of. Holly Pond is is better than most, but we still have issues. We still have some things that we can improve, right? There are still lost people in Holly Pond. Anybody believe that? Right? There are still lost people in Arab and Bailiton and Fairview and Joppa and all the places in between. What would happen if if, if Holly Pond was like a, a hub that just began to, the light of Christ began to just spread out from this place? We got Arab campus and the love of God began to just swell and, and Holly Pond and and Arab, the, the swelling of God, the cloud that, that uh, Rob shared this morning began to merge from Holly Pond through Fairview, through Joppa, and, and Arab. Y'all, God would get the glory. Amen. And you could be a part of that. You can get in the game. And we can do that for each other and for God. Some of us will be throwing the passes. Some of us will be catching the passes. Some of us will be handing the ball off. Some of us will be taking the ball. Some of us will be tackling some folks. For his glory. Amen. Can y'all join me in prayer this morning? So, Father God, I, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for this amazing group of people here today. Amazing team. Amazing believers. An amazing church. Lord, and I pray that we would be stirred up when we get tired. If we're on a team and we're maybe on two or three, four teams. Some of us are tired, God. You said of the kingdom that the, the, the labor is much, but the laborers are few. Lord, send us laborers. Send us laborers. People that want to get in the game. Change the game. For your glory in Jesus' name, I pray. If you're here this morning, I, want to, I don't ever want to close a message without giving somebody the opportunity to be born again. To by faith say, I believe in the Son of God, that He died for my sins, so that I can have an awesome life here on earth, and also I can go to heaven one day. So I know I preached about getting in the game today, but maybe for you, you just, you, your first step is making Jesus Lord of your life. So if you want to do that, and you're already born again, let me stop for a second. If you're born again already, I want you right now to pray for the lost, please. Pray for the lost. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Ian, that's me today. I don't know where I'd go if I died today. Jesus is not my Lord and my Savior. And I want to change my spiritual condition today. I want to, to allow God to come in and live in my heart and live in my mind and make me better. I need to get better, Pastor Ian. I, I, de- I deal with thoughts and I deal with all this doubt and I, I deal with all these things and this anger. And I just want to be better. The first step is making Jesus Lord of your life. So if you want to do that right now, I'm going to ask you to do something. No one's watching. No one's looking at you. We're all praying for you. I want you right now just to stand up in this.
this place. By faith, do something that God is doing in your heart. Let it physically manifest in the, in the, in the now, in the, the physical. I want you to stand up by faith. Physically stand up. If you're watching online and you're, you're making that decision, I want you to put something in the chat for us. Say, I'm making that decision. I'm standing up. I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior today. Give you a few more seconds to do that. Amen. If you want to make that decision today, don't let this moment pass you by. is physically standing in our sanctuary, but I want to lead us all in a prayer in case somebody is making a decision online or in their heart this morning. Amen. So repeat after me loud and proud. Heavenly Father, we love you. We accept you. We believe in you. And we thank you that you sent your son to die for my sins. I ask forgiveness of those sins. I ask the Holy Spirit to come live in my heart renew my mind and set me free in Jesus name Amen 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 Who the sun sets free is Hallelujah good stuff Well hey we are just getting started I'm going to let pastor or not pastor <laughs> You're pastor Aunt Teresa uh, come I want to first just say thank you for coming uh, she's going to give us a bunch of instructions yeah, just a couple. Here, here in a moment but I want to thank you for coming and, and, and invite you to stay afterwards with us to eat and fellowship play games have fun with us this afternoon okay amen <laughs>